Welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Pillars. God, I pray that, that, that you would use me. God, I pray that you would somehow speak through me, God, that somehow you would just move in this place. I pray that you would open our minds and open our ears and open our eyes and, and let us be removed from distractions, God. And even like speaking personally now to me, let me be removed from distractions. And please, God, if you speak something to me, let me not leave you on voicemail. Let me hear what you have to say to me. God, let us hear what you have to say to us, God. I pray that as we come into this place, we come humble, we, be, we, we come seeking you, God, not as to what we can um, accomplish by this or not how we can feel good that we came, but God, genuinely asking, what do you have in store for me? today, God. Please let that be my heart. Please let that be our heart, God. I pray that, that, that genuinely like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what they need. I don't know what people in here need. I don't, I, and I can't speak to every need as if anybody could. But God, we know that you can. And we know that you know every need, know every hurt, know every tear, know every worry, know every stress. We know that you have, you have all these things at your disposal, God. And so I'll pray that somehow you would use me to just speak your life, speak your truth, speak your word, speak your confidence, speak your faith in this building this morning, God, I pray for these next couple of moments and what they could possibly mean for our lives, God. We love you and we thank you for everything that you've given us. Please help us learn to love you more. In your name I pray, amen and amen. So. Um, this week was a crazy week for me. I went to Universal Studios. I went and I went to a couple of different bookstores up there, Barnes and Nobles, and I would just stop by and sign them. So we drove nine hours and we stopped in Tallahassee. We stayed in Tallahassee for the night. And I know you're like, it's not nine hours to Tallahassee. Well, when uh, <laughs> when I'm driving, it is. And so we, we, you know, we stopped everywhere and went to a bunch of, you know, Barnes and Nobles. So we finally got to Tallahassee and we were exhausted and we stayed in a little Airbnb and then we go and get down to Orlando and spend the day there and we finally we come back we have a good time at Universal Studios I got sick on a lot of the rides but it was still cool Cat had a really good time she has a better stomach than me she's better than I am anyways and so we finally come back and we spoke at this D now Friday night and they said, Dre, will you come and speak? And I, I said, yeah, I would. It was like December. And I remember we rolled up to the D now all the way from Orlando, traveling all the way up the coastline of Florida, around Alabama, into Mississippi, all the way through Hattiesburg. And now we get to this D now. And I look at our car and our little 
gas meter is on E. And I thought to myself, how many of us come to church and we have come from a long ways away spiritually and we get here and it's been a really hard time over the last year and we have come into this building and we look at our gas tank honestly and we think to ourselves, we are on E. We need something. We need God to move. We need God to speak because if He doesn't, I'm not sure how much longer I can last. I don't know how far I can go. I really need something in my life. And God, would you please speak here today? And that is what we are asking right now. We are asking God, would you please move? Because we know that a lot of us are on E. And He is our only way. At this D-Now, it was so crazy, y'all. It was so crazy how God moved. It, I mean, it blows my mind. Like, even like even thinking about it, just the things that would happen. I mean, I just this one example comes to mind. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, like, um, I'm preparing for my sermon, and God places it on my heart. There's going to be two people in the back. There's going to be two women, girls in the back that raise their hand. And when they raise their hand, I want you to call on them, and, and, and other people are going to raise their hand. But when they, I want you to look in the back, and when you see them two raise their hand, I want you to call them up to the stage and just let them um, speak just for a moment on the stage. And so I'm like, this is crazy. And at the top of my notes that I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I'm old school, and I like, I don't know, paper and pen. So I just wrote at the top of my paper I said let the two girls in the back come and I, so I asked this question and everybody raises their hand these specifically these two boys raise their hand I'm like oh my goodness what am I gonna do you know there I saw them first and it's weird and then I look up and then slowly I see these two girls in the back raise their hand I didn't know how to play it off cool so it's like well y'all stink and I don't feel like you know I don't feel like hold my nose y'all are just sweaty and everything y'all two come come up and they came up And at the end of the night, the way God moved in both of their lives, you would just see like, God, you are so real. God, you are speaking in this place. And the same God who speaks at Mount Sinai, the same God who rescued the three from the burning fire, the same God who rescued a Savior from a borrowed tomb is here in this place today. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will also be. It's scripture. It's a promise from God. Uh, and it, it's crazy to even think like like let's say that you had a believer friend who never been to church before they never been to church before and matter of fact they didn't even know who God was and they were not a believer friend they were an unbeliever they didn't know who Jesus was they were lost and you had one shot you were thinking to yourself how am I going to invite this friend to church and when they come how am I going to get them to believe in Jesus how am I going to like like try to lead them to give their life to Christ and like what what would you want this worship service to look like would you want a dynamic speaker up on the stage would you want somebody that can communicate the gospel in such a way would you want an amazing band to come up here and just lead worship or would you want an amazing choir full of 50 individuals that are just singing praises to God or would you want an amazing pianist that's just burning the piano up or do you want like what 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 would it be that we like dim the lights and we 
got some really cool stage lights and we really had this stage look at all kind of like a dynamic way. What would it take for that person to give their life to Christ? And what I'm thinking is that none of it would work. None of it would work according to what the Bible says because here's how Scripture says this is how people will give their life to Christ. Are you ready for this? They will give their life to Christ when they see the love that my family has for each other. They will give their life to Christ when they see brothers and sisters in Christ. They love each other. That is how they will know you are my disciples. That is how. Thank you so much. And it, it, I, I, I turn to, um, just turn with me, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. just going to look um, in verse 10. And, here, and here's what it says. First John chapter 3, it says, So now we can tell who are the children of God. Okay, and so, how, so this is how we tell who are the children of God. And who are children of the devil. Alright, so now we know who's children of God, who's children of the devil. First John chapter 3, verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God, who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously. And then what else does it say? And does not love other believers. They do not belong to God. And, and I, I felt so weird about speaking this morning because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm preaching to the choir, you know? Like, I'm preaching to people that love God more than I do. I'm preaching to people that love each other more than I do. I'm preaching to the family of Christ that love. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my whole life. Like, when the snow came and the ice came everywhere, I just watched how y'all just loved each other and how y'all cared for each other. I heard the story the other day about someone who needed a new kidney and this the, uh, a believer in Christ was like, here, I'll give you my kidney because you're like my brother. You're a brother and sister in Christ, so we might as well be blood-related Take my kidney. I mean, the Bible says, uh, if you have two coats, give one to somebody. I got two kidneys. Here you go. And I'm thinking, wow, that is BJBC. Like, that is who you are. You are the most loving church I've ever seen. And, and, and even giving this message, I'm thinking, they don't need this message, God. I mean, they already do these things so good. And he says, yeah, but don't remind them of how important it is. Don't remind them of the foundation. Like, remind them of the foundation that they already have in encourage them to continue to love to even grow in their love because this is how an unbelieving world will know that you are my followers by the way that you love one another Jesus is about to go die on a cross and when he's about to go die he looks at his disciples and then he gets on his knees in John 17 and this I mean, God in human form gets on his knees and he begins to pray in John 17. And I'll read it for you. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll read it for you. John 17, if you want to turn there. 
It says this. Verse 20. Jesus on his knees, he prays, I am praying not only for these disciples, so not only for these 12 or these 300 that are gathered here today, not only for these 12, but also for all who will ever believe me through their message. So raise your hand and say, that's me. God is praying for you, Mr. David. God is praying for you, Mr. R. He is praying for us all right here in this. God becoming man, Jesus Christ, is praying for specifically us today. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but all who will ever believe. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me this is what Jesus prayed for us that you would become one person that you would love each other in such a way that's like hey do you need this I'll be here for you hey and 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 here's where I'm going with this is that we must have this present in our church. We must have fellowship with believers and in the body of Christ. I'll give you this um, warning. That would be a good way to say it. Let me give you this warning because it's so prevalent. It's, it's so prevalent. Um, when I, I worked at a, a, a lumber supply company, it's called Lawrence County Building Supply when I was growing up, and we would get these big old potholes in our parking lot, just like the ones coming down Blackjack Road. <laughs> you go really, really slow or you'll be without a tire. So we would fix these potholes. And so Mr. Wayne, my boss, he went to go grip, grab some rebar and he would cut the rebar and he would bring it over so we could fill in the potholes. And I would, I, I, this day, I went to grab a shovel and a five-gallon bucket of water to mix with a quickcrete. And then I grabbed an 80-pound sack of quickcrete. And I already have noodles for arms, but back then, I, they, I, they were like, I mean, like even smaller noodles than this. I don't know how to explain it, but they're like, yeah. So, I mean, 80 pounds for me was like, oh, you know, getting your back into it. And so I finally get this 80-pound bag of Quick Creek there, and I just drop it. I'm exhausted, and when I drop it, I drop it on the end of the shovel, and it just pops up and hits me right in the nose. And I fall down, my glasses break, and Mr. Wayne, who had been cutting the rebar, he's walking up now, and he just dies laughing. Thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Alright, so take that scene. This is going to be... Uh, have you ever watched the movies that you don't get all the scenes until the final like clip and, and, and the final clip? You're like, oh, I understand now. This is going to be that type of example. Okay, so that's scene one. Take me with a shovel, dropping that on top of each other. That's scene one. Okay, let me switch to scene two real quick. Think about this. Think about how holy God is. Think about how holy God is. I mean, this is a God who this guy was carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And as they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they had these poles in their hands that they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant on and they would walk it to different places. And I guess a root got in the way or maybe he just tripped over his foot. And as he tripped over, he 
dropped the Ark of the Covenant. But as it was falling, he said, no, I got to save the Ark of the Covenant. And he dove for it. And as he dives down, he grabs it with his hands and he thinks to himself, shoo, I have saved the Ark of the Covenant. And then God looks at him. Do you remember what God says about this? He looks at him and he says, you have touched the Ark of the Covenant. That is the place where I live. You will die that holy of a God and then I want you to imagine this that scene two imagine last scene who we got here scene three imagine that there is a God that is coming down from the heavens and I am standing outside my tent and I watch Moses walk by and I watch Joshua son of Nun walk by and they both enter into this thing that looks like a tent that we get from Academy Sporting Goods, except made out of deer skin and whatever else. And so they take their shoes off before they enter, and they put them a little bit further away because they kind of stink. And they're really embarrassed of their Golden State Warrior socks. And they walk into the temple of this tent, Moses now, is going into this temple and then Joshua comes in right behind him and now they sit down in this tent and the Spirit of God descends from the heaven and comes into that tent okay and now you're just you're, you're a bystander and you're just watching this like Moses and Joshua just went into the tent where God is. And God, the creator of the heavens and earth, has come down and met with him. And after they get through meeting in this tent called the tent of meeting, Moses' face is glowing bright white with glory. And he leaves from this place. And you're just like, no way, man. This is actually happening. Now, I want to bring all of this together, okay? Imagine. Imagine that you were to take this shovel that broke my glasses and the same Holy God that says, you're going to die because you touched the place that I dwell in known as the Ark of the Covenant for the people of Israel. And you take that shovel and you watch Moses go in, and you watch Joshua go in, and you watch the Spirit of God descend down from heaven, and now you take your shovel, and you just smack that tent. Would you live or would you die? I think you would die. And how lackadaisical we can get when we take a shovel to the temple of God that we call believers in Jesus Christ. How, like, woe to you when you do that. Woe to you when you talk about a brother or a sister in Christ so lackadaisically. Do you not realize that you are taking a sledgehammer to the temple of God because 
we are the temple of God. And if we are supposed to be loving each other like this says that we are supposed to do, let me never talk about a brother or a sister in Christ. Let me never talk about a preacher that I see on television or a youth minister that I see on television. Let me never talk about someone that I see on YouTube. They may be saved and they may not be, but if they are a temple of God, let it be the very, very last thing that I do to take a sledgehammer to their reputation or take a sledgehammer to who they are in Jesus Christ. Let me never, ever, ever talk about someone else's relationship with God if they are indeed a temple of God. And I'm not saying don't confront them. I'm just saying, look, don't talk about it behind their back. Right? I'll say another way to say it. Um, I'll say another way to say it. Um, I would hate to get to heaven and stand before Jesus and Him tell me, you did a lot of things good, but do you not realize that your tongue and the way you always talked about other believers and gossiped about other believers tore down my kingdom? Woe to me if that's me. And the other day, please hear me out. Please hear me out. The other day, like we, me and Kat went to that marriage conference, right? And like I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I needed to like change some things about Drake Nelson and I knew that I needed to listen to Kat like I knew that I needed to listen to Kat like more than I do because I get so distracted and I'm always thinking about the next sermon because Sundays are quicker than you think it's like next sermon next sermon next sermon next sermon and like I know I need to do a better job of listening but I don't do such a good job about listening to her all the time and and after we came that from the marriage conference we were like Drake this is really where you need to improve and I think it would improve our whole marriage but that whole like thing like t- like terminated with us and like she was crying like all the time like a lot and and she was saying Drake I feel like I'm like the loneliest person ever right now because like you don't even listen to like me when I like talk to you and stuff and I feel like I'm 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 just lonely and I don't know what to do about it because you don't ever listen to me and pay me any attention I feel like you always just are working on your sermons or are trying to like do something better and 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 I just saw her crying all the time about like this week and stuff about it and I said I'm going to do better I promise I'm going to do better and I always say that I'm going to do better but I never do you know like I never do I just say it I don't mean it I just say I'm going to do better I'm going to do better and then like I, I don't I don't know why and and I, so I said babe I promise you I, I, I will this week I will listen and I will start to listen to you and if I'm doing something I will say like you are more important to me let me turn this off let me shut my mind down for 15 minutes out of the day and actually listen to my wife like let me stop being so busy up here that I have time to like listen to you and I think I've done a better job this week like I've really like tried so hard and then I was thinking about this I was thinking how many times in our life do we say that we're gonna fix ourselves like we're gonna do better for Christ like we're gonna do something right we'll stop gossiping about other believers and we'll start doing better and we never do it we just say it but we never ever do it and my like thing is like if you don't have repentance in your life like you're not a Christian 
You have to believe in God, yes, and you have to uh, have a Savior who died for you, and everybody has that in here. But if you don't repent of your sins, like what, like what else is there? God says, like, you have to obey my laws. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect, but that means when we screw up, we have a God that comes inside of us. It's like, hey, bro, like, 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 repent of these sins. And and I guess my thing is like, imagine this. Imagine that I were to come in here, Mr. John, and I would say, I'm sorry. Imagine that I was late this morning. Let's I got here at 11.15 and and I said, I'm sorry I'm late, Mr. John. I was coming down from Orlando. Oh, actually, I came down from Monticello today and I, I was going down Blackjack Road. I hit one of those big potholes and my tire, it blew out. And so I had to stop and pull off the side of the road. I had to jack my car up and change my tire. And then when I was changing my tire, a little lug nut, it fell out in Blackjack Road. And I went out in Blackjack Road and when I was going to get that, that, that bolt I looked up and there was an 18 wheeler hauling right down Blackjack Road and just pancaked me right what if I was to say that's what happened but it's all good I'm here today and and I'm ready to speak I hope you're not too mad I hope everybody's not too mad I'm sorry that I wasn't here for the announcements what if I was to say that you would say Drake you're lying and you're you're ignorant like that's there's no way you can have an encounter with something that large and not be changed And my question for you then would be, well, what's larger, an 18-wheeler truck or God? And so how is it that we can say we have this encounter with God and not be changed? We have to have repentance. And so today, I really feel like there's three people in the room. I feel like there are the people in the room that say, you know what, like I need to do some repenting. I have something in my life that I need to repent of right now, right here, and I need to do that today. And so if that's you in here, I would just say, will you come down when we start to play our invitation? But I also thought, well, there actually, maybe there's somebody in the room that says, you know, I have taken a sledgehammer so many times to the temple of God, and I, and I don't love like I should. I don't love like I want to be loved. I am an escalator and I escalate conflict, and I am not a de-escalator. I don't verify before I believe. I curse, and I do not bless. I'm a bad, I have been a bad friend, and I want to change some friendship habits. I will stop taking a sledgehammer to God's temple. And maybe that's you in here today. If that is, when we play, I just advise you to come down. And thirdly in this room, I was driving uh, over here. We were driving over, and I just start to him. I just start to sing this song, and it just popped in my mind. I don't know why I started to sing it. I started to say, "I surrender all." I can't sing, can I? I surrender. Please, Drake, stop. All to Thee, my precious Savior. I just began to. And then she, like, turned it on. Um, she's really good at, like, this. She can, like, pick it up on YouTube and just do it, like, right then. And she turned the song on, and we listened to it, and we worshiped on our way down here. And I felt God was speaking to me, like, I don't know. Like, I just felt this way, right? Go back to last week. I felt there's somebody in here right now this morning that has not surrendered their all. They've surrendered a lot of stuff, but they have this one 
thing that they just have in their hand and they're not letting God in on it. They're not letting God in and they're just saying, give me this. I will surrender everything else to you, God, but I will not surrender this. And I'm saying, if that's you today, would you come down and say, God, I surrender my all. I surrender everything that I am, everything that I have, everything about me and my core. I surrender it to you this morning, God. And so I'm going to pray, and Miss Melanie is going to play. And if that's you, we want to invite you to come and pray and get right with God today because today is the day of salvation. And if you hear God knocking at your door, and He's saying, I want you to get this right, I pray that you would let Him in. Because all who ask receive, and all who seek find, and all who knock the door will be open. God, thanks for everything that you've given us. Thank you for letting us be here today, God. We love you, and we thank you for everything that we have, God. We thank you for our unity. We thank you that, like, like that we are a loving church. God, thank you for placing me and Kat in such like a loving church. You just love us and, 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 and accept us for who we are and try to help us get better, God, and, and just, just are coming for our needs. Like, hey, how can we help you, God? A church that believes in me and her and us and our, our, our dedication to you, God. I pray that I would not, like, abuse that, that I would respect that, that I would steward that well. God, I pray that you would help me grow as a person, as a Christian. And I pray that you would help us all grow as a person, that we would say, hey, God, there's something that I need to repent of. Or, hey, God, there's I need to stop destroying your temple that you are trying to build up. Or, hey, God, I will surrender my entire life to you. I will not hold anything back, whether that, I will not hold anything back from you, God. I pray that you would speak, that you would move this morning, God, because we love you and we love you and we love you. But let our love not become void, numb, and cold. But please keep us on fire for you. And in that way, we will grow closer to you day by day by day. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Hey, BJBC. Hope you're enjoying your day. Hope you're enjoying your morning or whenever you're watching this. Hope you have an amazing week. We are coming to you for the fourth postscript that we've done. Sorry we wasn't able to come to you last week. We was up at Universal Studios. We actually tried to make a video, but it just didn't work out for us too well. And so anyways, we got some questions from this week's service, and Kat's going to read those. Oh, I think she has the questions here. I do, I do. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is a hard one. Question number one. What are those posters of in your house on the big black wall? Okay. It's toughy. So these posters right here are actually, um, here, let me just, I'll show you. So here are all my posters that I have. I'm um, starting with this one. This is Jordan Speed, my favorite golfer of all time. I love this dude. And they made like they like This is Steph Curry, obviously I know. I'm a huge Warriors fan and he's my favorite. My favorite basketball player. And then I got this one and this one. They're both signed posters of my favorite artist, um, NL. And so he just signed some for me. And I'm excited about it. I'm getting a new one, by the way, that he's signing on March 26th. And so And then this one, it's uh, just a picture of a lion that I got. And the reason I actually did this like, all on purpose, 
Judah and how um, Jesus is, is at the center of everything that, that we do as a couple, everything we do as a house, and everything we do individually as a person. And so everything else kind of revolves around that. So that was uh, kind of the intent of it there. But. All right, anyways, that's the wall. All right, we're back. Question number two. Question number two. In my personal Bible study, I started reading Job. Why did God allow Satan to tempt slash test him? Um, that's a good question. It's hard to speak on the behalf of God on anything. Like, you never want to say, this is why God did something, if that makes any sense. So, um, I thought it was funny how in the question, didn't they say Satan? Um, actually, what happens in the Hebrew of that word is like Satan. I know that's like weird. It, prob it probably is talking about Satan, but the, like the Hebrew is the, the accuser. And so, like, why the accuser is the one who came before the Lord and said, "Hey, may I, like, may I test them?" And so, um, big, big question: um, Did they say test or tempt? Um, both. They said both. Okay. Well, it's important then to remember that in James, the Bible says that God does not test or like does not tempt anyone. Temptation comes from our own evil desires which entice us and drag us away. And when these desires are allowed to grow, they give forth to um, um, sin, and then sin has a baby, and the baby is called death. And so I think it's important to just realize that like sin and tempting and temptation comes from our own evil desires. But I guess in the big scheme of question, what they're really asking is like, why did God allow bad things to happen to Job? And that's a really good question. And I would say the, the real point of it, I'll, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's hard to speak for God, but this would be my best guess, is because um, it gives God glory. And I think that's the best way that I like could give like, God answer. glory in the sense of what? Like seeing how Job responds to the temptation? Yes. So like when troubles come into any one of our lives, specifically Job, but like your life, my life, anybody's life, and when troubles come and we don't turn our back on God, but yet we like ex like like lean on God, I think that glorifies God, that magnifies who He is and what He means to us. And in that, that gives God a lot of glory. And so I think that would be my answer for that. Is that that? And I don't know. I don't. I genuinely don't know why God does stuff. But that's just my thought. And that's what I'd have to say. Is it brings God glory when we elevate Him in the hardest times. I agree. Okay, question number three. This is random. That was a toughie. <laughs> I almost called somebody like, hey, let me call you and get your help. This is random, but it's a question I've had for a while. I want to offer forgiveness to my father, but I can't trust him anymore. What should I do? Okay, so uh, you can still offer forgiveness without trusting. I think that is a very big uh like conclusion that you have to come to is that you can forgive because like forgiveness takes one but to uh um but to be like like uh the relationship to be mended takes two if that makes any sense of so trust i mean forgiveness is only one but an enhanced relationship a mended relationship that takes two let me say it like this that forgiveness is a choice this is huge to understand that forgiveness is a choice but trust is not a choice. Trust is not a choice. You cannot make a choice 
to say, I'm going to trust you again. No, trust is the reality of the relationship at hand. So let me say that one more time because I think this is really important. Is that forgiveness is a choice. You choose to forgive or not to forgive. But trust is not a choice. Trust is the reality of the relationship at hand. So I don't know what your father has done to you. I mean, whoever's asking this question, I don't know like the, the scenario, the behind the scenes of everything. But I do know that you can forgive them again. I do know that you can forgive him again because forgiveness is, is with you. It's, it's how you see it. But trust is not a decision that you can make or not make. You can have actions that show that you trust them. Like you can um, say, hey, here's my wallet. Um, go get me something from the grocery store. And you can show that, hey, I'm having a trustful action that you're not going to steal some of my money. But you can still not trust because trust is not a decision, even though you can show a trustful action. Actually, trusting is the reality of whatever the relationship is. And so I think that's a big um, like step to make in mending that relationship and coming to understand that. So absolutely you can trust. Absolutely you can forgive them. But trust um, takes time to build. And that's just the reality of whatever that relationship is like. Alright, question number four. Good question, by the way. Good question. What was y'all's favorite ride at Universal? <clears throat> I don't know. What was yours? Mine was I'm glad for a lighthearted question. I don't know. It's kind of a tie. I would say... The motorcycle Harry Potter ride, or <clears throat> the there's a, works. or there's a there's a ride called um, the Red Rip Rocket or something like that. Oh and, yeah, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So my least favorite ride was the 3D rides. My favorite ride, um, I, my favorite ride was the the motorcycle ride. My favorite like thing about the whole walking around and stuff was. There are the Transformers, literally the size of Transformers, Autobots and stuff, and I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, and so I got to like walk up there and take pictures with the Transformers, and it was really cool, and so that was my favorite part. They would like speak to you, and I don't know, it was, it was really, it was really neat. I'll, I'll, I'll share a picture on this video. Question number five. In the sermon today, you talked a lot about repentance. I'm struggling with having sex before marriage. I repent and ask for forgiveness and struggle and struggle and fight for a while but eventually I fall again. I'm worried about repenting. Do you think I am saved? Okay, well I got deep. Okay, so so as to like do you think I am saved? That's something that only you can decide. Like like and, and sometimes you don't even know, right? It's like it's like like God knows that and then hopefully like you know that like are you saved or not? But um so it's hard for me to say like yes or no to that either way. Uh, here's what I would say though. There was two words I think they used in that uh, question. It was like struggle, I think they struggle used. Struggle and fight. And fight. Um, yeah, so that lets me know that you are struggling and that you are fighting and that's a good sign that you have conviction and that you have the Holy Spirit within you, like helping you fight, helping you continue to like, I don't know. Want to um, get better. Yeah. Like, or want to does, quit. Yeah. Doing what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's like two key words. And so I, I think you're on the right path on that. Uh, like like repentance, you can still ask for forgiveness and then repent 
and do that same sin like over again. Uh, I don't know. It just said later, but whether that's you know a month later or two months later or whatever. Just it like is. any other sin, like if you're trying to repent from lying, lying yeah. and then you do it again later, and you it's lie. Just like it's any not other that sin. you don't repent. It's mm-hmm. that we're human and we fall. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I'm still repenting and asking for forgiveness in that moment. I'm just not perfect, and I'm and I lie, you know, mm-hmm. eventually later. And so yeah, uh, I would say just just like continue to struggle continue to fight continue to try to be perfect i mean let's not forget what scripture says it's like matthew 5 be perfect as i am perfect so let's try to be the best people that we can even perfect as jesus is but um let's understand also that we're made of flesh and god in the bible says that like you came from dirt i'm going to remember that and so just just continue to know that i have the holy spirit within me fighting going to try to like continue to get better every every day and then when i fall i'm going to ask for forgiveness and 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 be thankful for god who Mm -hmm. who who forgives um our sins as far as east is from the west that's and even if we do mess up after we've repented, he's not going to love us any less. And yeah. He's not going to quit forgiving us. It's just point. that we still need to work at doing better and not just, oh, well, this is how, this I how am. it is. This is how it is, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's right. Good point. All right. That's all the questions. Is that all the questions? Okay, well, good deal. Well, thank you all for tuning in today for our episode of Postscript. And I hope you look at our podcast on Epiphany Movement Podcast. We're going to post it there, post it on Facebook, and then on YouTube as well. So, anyways, well, thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, bye. That's so bad. All right, I'm going to do it again. Come on, come on, come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, BJBC, hope you're enjoying your day.